If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA podcast. I am one of the co-hosts of this show, the best and the brightest amongst us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> In here hanging out with the man of the hour himself, the flying Hawaiian, Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, man? Coming off Memorial Day, I hope everyone had a good um, barbecue, played, paid homage to those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And to keep the American feel going, tomorrow... We're going to space. We are going to space. That's right. I forgot all about that, man. How pumped are you? I'm pumped, man. I've got my American flag behind me. I thought we were going to the moon. I got really stoked, but Mm -mm. we're just going to float around and defy gravity, I guess. Yeah, it's sort of one of the things that that bleed into the conspiracy theory that we never actually went to the moon because we've never gone back. (sighs) Don't. (laughs) I can't go down rabbit holes, man. I'm just I saying can't. we've never gone back. We've never I'm just saying we've never gone back. Oh, so man. no, I won't do it. I with with coronavirus and pandemic and all these documentaries, I've gone down some some crazy rabbit holes and I refuse to go down this one as well. I will not get anything done in my life going forward if I go down that one. I understand. I understand. So what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't look up the Charlie Chaplin time traveler video. Don't do that. Don't <sighs> Don't don't look that up. Great. Okay. Well, there goes my week. <laughs> so company's gonna be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's get into this real quick. We have a we have a fight night card this week. It's not something that we're super crazy about, but you already alluded to something. You know, we are getting back into the swing of things, and one of the things that people need to get back in the swing of is getting used to the idea that there is no new normal. What was normal before will be normal again, and what was once can always be. And what I mean by that is that Stay Classy Meats is still delivering meat directly to your door. It still has no GMO, still has no hormones, still has no antibiotics. It's always been that way, and it will always be that way. Uh, that's their promise to you. That's our promise uh, on top of theirs. It doesn't get any better than the greatest meat on earth, and that comes from Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code FIST and get 10% off your entire order We've got huge things in the works with them, Trey. I know you're excited about it. We can't talk about it too much yet, but there is something big in the works, and people will want to be aware of the Stay Classy product line uh, when this new stuff comes out. I woke up with one hangover today, and it wasn't meat-related. It was strictly alcohol. The meat hangover that you get, that's because of all the crazy shit that's in any type of meat that's not Stay Classy. All the hormones and just garbage that's in the meat. You not only get meat sweats, but you get a meat hangover. I only got an alcohol one, too many White Claws. I know, Mm. I know, I know. I shouldn't be having White Claws, but they are delicious and keeps me in shape. But, you know, what keeps you more in shape, obviously, is the great meat that you put in your body. Stay classy meats. Use the code FIST. Get 10% off and treat your body well. Rock and roll. All right, let's get into this real quick. UFC fight night at the apex in las vegas was originally slated for arizona that was the rumor but they're going to move it to vegas 
um, headlined by Gilbert Burns and Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, who's been jockeying for big fights ever since getting dominated by Kamara Usman, uh, is really eating a piece of humble pie here, man. Not only is he competing at the apex, uh, but he's doing so against a guy in Gilbert Burns who used to fight at 155, and now he's making a name for himself at 170. Uh, Woodley said just as recently as a few weeks ago that Burns was not deserving to fight him, and lo and behold, this is the fight that we get Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns. But there are some fights on this card that we want to talk about. This is not the deepest card that the UFC has put together in recent memory. We are going to talk about some of the preliminary fights and some of the main card fights. So we are going to be all over the place. Do stick around for that. But let's get right into this, man. The first official play of the night is actually one of the first fights of the night. Uh, the Alpha Ginger himself, Spark, Spike Carlisle, uh, taking on Billy Q. Uh, Billy Quarantillo uh, fight. Uh, I'm sorry, completely blanking on this. I want to call him fight night, but Dana White. There we go. Contender series <laughs> alum, Billy Q taking on the alpha ginger and Spike Carlisle. Spike sitting at a plus 130. Billy Q coming back at minus 160 tray. And we like Spike outright here. Yeah, we do. One uh, start off San Diego boys. So that's always good. You always bet on the San Diego boys, but more so than that, at a catchweight fight at 150, I always like to go with the grappler. This guy's going to come in a little bit heavier. And, you know, while Billy Q's get good off his back, got some good submissions, I like someone that's going to grind you out at these catchweight fights. And Spike is someone who we didn't get to see it in his first fight, but we're going to see at this fight a grappling grinder who's going to, I don't think, outpoint, but he's definitely going to wear Billy Q down and get the decision. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right on right on par with that. All right, so let's talk about grinders. Let's talk about people that eke out decisions. Caitlin Chukagian making her return after getting beat up by Valentina Shevchenko, taking on the lesser Shevchenko and Antonina Shevchenko. Uh, Caitlin Chukagian just fought for a title, but she's coming back at a plus 120 underdog against Valentina Shevchenko, sitting at a minus. I'm sorry. Antonina Shevchenko. See, I do what everybody else does here. I get the two and I combine them as one. Antonina Shevchenko, minus 150 against Caitlin Chukagian. You and I feel strongly about women's MMA and betting on it, but I know you also feel strongly about this fight. I just don't know when Antonina's name changed to Valentina. Just like you said, everyone's been calling her. I think everyone thinks that she absorbed the same type of traits. Two completely different fighters one that's got a completely different skill set and one that's not even in close to the level. So when you look at Kaylin Chukagan, you know, she's going to know that the blueprint is out there for her, but what is she going to do? She needs to bring this to the ground and do something that's completely out of the realm of Antonina. I think if Kaylin can get this to the ground, there's no reason she shouldn't win this fight. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that she could definitely just ground and pound and wrestle her way to a victory here. There's no reason. F I think this could be a potentially super ugly fight where they're just jockeying for position, a lot of pressing up against the fence and, you know, drag down, take down, stand right back up. I really don't anticipate this being a stand up exchange like we saw with the greater Shevchenko and Chukagian. I just don't see it happening. No. Um, Let's talk about this. Uh, you know, Brock Weaver is coming back, taking on Roosevelt Roberts. Brock Weaver sitting at a plus 255. Roosevelt Roberts minus 315. Brock Weaver's got a lot of hype behind him. I think primarily, and I mean this with all due respect, I think it has to do with the way he looks and his attitude, sure. not so much with his skill set. Um, he recently, you know, won his UFC, UFC debut, but he did so by a legal knee. But people forget, prior to that illegal knee, he wasn't faring very well. He did not look all that great. 
And Roosevelt Roberts, while I initially hated on him when he came in and fought Thomas Gifford, uh, has proven to be like quite the prospect, man. And I really like Roosevelt Roberts in this fight, despite the fact that people are all up on this Brock Weaver hype train. It's like if you're a rapper and you have a face tattoo, it's almost like a rite of passage that you're an amazing rapper. Same thing with Brock Weaver. He's a Native American who's got some crazy, scary tattoos. The guy's daunting, got the whole headdress and face makeup for for weigh-ins. Yeah. Guy is scary, but you know, he's a grinder. And when you look at Roosevelt Roberts, he's a little bit more of a tactician. He's he's rangier. I think that Roosevelt Roberts is gonna kind of create the distance, be a little bit more methodical and a more of a tactician and get this done. Yeah, he's got crisp boxing. Let me ask you something real quick. And I I, I mean this with no undue sensitivity. This is a legitimate question that I have. Okay. And it's something that I've wondered for a long time. Native Americans as a whole, you like, obviously I have a beard. You, you rock that, you know, trimmed five o'clock shadow, more like a nine o'clock kind of shadow deal. Um, yeah. You know, not the clean shave, if you will. I have never seen a Native American man with a beard. So it, have you ever seen a Native American man with a beard? Is that something that they can grow? And I mean they as in like the proverbial Native American, not in like the derogatory sense. Uh, um, so I think back they, to mo- I think back to movies. I think back to pictures you see in history books in high school and all that kind of stuff. Even yeah. college, if you you know, I took an uh, took a couple of anthropology classes. I don't ever remember, even if you look at like indigenous peoples, right? Um, yeah like South American and Central American indigenous peoples and native Americans as a whole. I don't see, you don't see the beard. You never see a beard. I'm going through a crazy uh, stereotype tunnel right now. And I, yeah. I feel like in my lifetime, I've seen one on top of a mountain smoking peyote with his coyote best friend. Maybe that was just a casino sign, but I think I've seen one before. I just, so I'm just going to throw it out there and I'm sure somebody will send us a message and tell me I'm an idiot or a bigot or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll be called a bigot or something for just asking a question and yeah. being ins- insensitive, but it is what it is. I just, you know, I felt the need to ask. So I did. Good. Um, I just, yeah. I've never, I've never seen it, man. I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get into this main card real quick. Kevin Holland was supposed to take on Danny Rodriguez, but that fight fell apart. They have yet to announce what the new billing will be, what the new um, what the, the new placeholder for that fight will be. So let's run through this main card real quick, yeah. and we'll get some we'll get some picks in here and put a bow on this bad boy. All right, let's see here. Kicking off the main card, Hannah Cyphers is taking on Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern, biggest favorite on the card, sitting at a minus four hundred. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on her weight, like some people thought we were doing earlier yes. today. Uh, if she makes weight, I think she beats Hannah Cyphers pretty easily. And I like Hannah Cyphers. She's a tough girl. I just don't think she has a submission defense to stop Mackenzie Dern. No. And I, I'll be shocked after having a kid if she does make weight. That's the wrong weight class for her 100%. And I just hope uh-huh. she doesn't try to throw arms like she did last time. She doesn't have the striking. You brought in here because you're a BJJ world champ. Utilize it. Use your punches. Set up your takedown. Get it down to the ground. Submitter, get out of there. Yeah, yeah and what, what's your take on this? I mean, so Mackenzie Dern is as American as the flag behind you right now. Yeah, dude. But oh, she man, speaks with broke. She speaks with broken English. So, oh, dude, I can't. Talk, talk me through this real quick. I won't. I won't because I, I I get so heated about this, dude. She's as red blood. I she where was she born? Nebraska. Dude, oh my god. She 
I don't know where it came from, and maybe it's her her Brazo surfer husband or boyfriend, whoever it is. But and just the you know the crazy Brazilian culture that is jujitsu. But I, she has clearly over time in all of her octagon interviews. You watch it for the past five years, or even just you know in BJJ, IBJJF competitions. She has progressively gotten more Brazilian. I don't yeah. know how you can do it. I don't get it. Here's what here's what worries me about this, right? Because I, I agree in, in that some criticism is due here, but I'm terrified of the day when you and I interview a British fighter because I will inevitably start speaking with a British accent during it, regardless oh, of how. Regard. So, my partner um, for the referred app, his fiance is Irish, and I'm okay. talking like she's not like Conor McGregor Irish. Well, yeah. she's she's Irish, right? Yeah, and they came down whenever we whenever we launched the business and everything, and they hung out with us. And just being around her for like three days, oh, dude, dude, I was <laughs> no, 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 I couldn't no. help it. I couldn't no. help it. No, you, the problem is I've had friends that like go on a surf trip to Australia and they come back and they're calling me mate, and then like they're making breakfast in the morning, and they're putting Vegemite on everything. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. I haven't gone that far, but I was finishing like I was finishing sentences with yeah. So like you want some more coffee? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It was bad. It was so bad. Even 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 my wife pulled me aside at one point and was like, What are you doing right now? And I was like, I don't know. I can't help myself. I can't stop it. I don't know why. All right. So Gabriel Green stepping in short notice. Uh, taking Kevin Holland's spot, fighting Daniel Rodriguez. Rodriguez is at a uh, Cowboys camp, the BMF ranch. Uh, coming off that win over Tim Means where I lost a ton of money, um, he knocked out Timmy Means. Super durable guy, man. Taking on a, a, a newcomer in Gabriel Green. Green sitting at 9-2, and two, obviously taking this fight on a handful of days' notice. Danny Rodriguez, though, has been put in a camp. I really don't see any value in this fight, mostly because they haven't put any odds out for it yet. So... Um, I imagine Daniel Green will be a sizable, fa- or Daniel Rodriguez will be a sizable favorite. If he's not, play him. But I'm not making a play on it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's take it into a heavyweight tilt. Blagoy Ivanov taking on Augusto Sakai. Speaking of your Brazilians, Blagoy Ivanov, 18 and three. Seems like his record should be worse, but this guy wins fights. Taking on Augusto Sakai at 14, one and one. Collectively, these guys have almost 40 fights under their belt and only a, not even a handful of losses between the two. This is a heavyweight fight that actually has some implications in a pretty shallow heavyweight division right now. Um, I mean, what do you think about this fight? Lagoy is the human cannonball. That guy, not only is he as strong as a cannonball, he's as compact as one, and he's a perfect, perfect circle like a cannonball. I like Blagoy in this fight because the dude can take a punch and is beyond durable. It's one thing you have to be durable when you're a heavyweight, but when you're getting big shots taken, it doesn't matter how durable you are. You're going to go down. Blagoy doesn't go down. Yeah, he does not go down. Here's what, here's a, here's something that I want to take into account for this fight. And I was going to save it for the Tyron Woodley Gilbert Burns fight. And it wouldn't be an episode of our show. If I didn't throw at a last second bet at you that we didn't talk about, because I, I know that, you know, you love when I do this to you. But 
you saw the reports as well as I did that this octagon will not be the standard 30 foot octagon. Mm -hmm. This will be the more compact 25 foot octagon, which means two heavyweights with knockout power are going to have to stand five feet closer to each other. Under two and a half on this fight is coming in at plus 140. I like under two and a half here, Trey. Mm, it's like the bare knuckle boxing, standing inside the square and just letting it throw. Um, I'm cool with that. I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. That's not one that I'll fight. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So um, I also like Blagoy outright, which I think we agree yes. on on that. This fight's currently at a pick'em, so Blagoy outright is also uh, also a great play there. Let's get into this main event of the uh, of the evening. Uh, a welterweight fight that has implications probably just for Gilbert Burns. Tyron Woodley's supposed to win this fight, and if he doesn't, it'll be detrimental to him to the nth most degree. But before we get into that, I want to talk about what's going on in the welterweight division right now. Um, we've essentially, by process of elimination, Kamara Usman has let us know that Jorge Masvidal will not be fighting for the title next. Um, he went on... Instagram earlier with Brett Okamoto and said yeah. that that Jorge has been offered the fight every month since May and has continued to turn it down and as it stands right now has not taken the fight mm-hmm. and essentially kind of said in so many words that he's fighting Nate Diaz so that then opens up the Connor Nate that won't be happening um, and then Usman also said that they've reached out to Connor's team and Connor's team has turned down the 170 title fight so are we going to get Colby Usman too? No, that's that's what he also said on on the live was that that was the most asinine thought on the planet for for Usman Colby fight. He said, you know, it'd be one thing if Colby had the title and then it's just a kind of a guaranteed, hey, let's do a rematch mm-hmm. or if it was super close. But when you get knocked out in the, in the final round, knocked out, broken jaw, regardless if he says it was broken or not, how does mm-hmm. that constitute a rematch now? You, anyone listening to this might say, oh, you're a Colby hater. No, Colby's up there in my favorite fighters. I love a guy like that with the cardio. I think that fight was much closer than people are giving Colby credit for. Um, that's the fight that should be run back. I can totally see Connor's camp not wanting the, the Usman fight. He's way too big, way too strong, and has a great wrestling pedigree. That is the worst thing for Connor. Um, who knows? Maybe Jorge wanted a bigger check you know, which he rightly so deserves, I guess, at this point. I don't know. I'm not really seeing a fight outside of Colby that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Right. Well, one of the things that Connor's team is going to have to do is they're going to have to conduct damage control from here on out. Um, taking the unexpected loss to Nate Diaz a couple years ago was one thing, right? That, that really brought his star down quite a bit i know he landed the fight with floyd mayweather after the fact and you know you could argue that he made more money after the nate diaz fight than he did before but getting beat by nate diaz was a big thing because that was a fight he was supposed to win relatively easy and then he lost then he fights nate again nate takes it to him a second time and depending on what camp you're in you can make the argument that nate won that fight and then he got trounced i know you know what be that as it may we will round number three or whatever it was he got trounced. It was not. It was a not competitive fight against right. um, against Khabib. So, if you look at a win over what we now see to be a completely diminished Donald Cerrone, um, an absolute thumping at the hands of Khabib, a knockout loss to Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, I, I honestly, if you feed him to Usman, 
how do you continue to like sell him as this world beater? Because you're now you've now eliminated him from two divisions where he's he's going to be shown to be not competitive with the highest level. Okay, but I, I think what you're doing is you're alluding to his whole pound for pound comment, correct? To a certain degree, you're talking about Connor's I mean, wrong throwing out there that he is the second best pound for pound ranked fighter on the world. Well, if, right? so so if you're going to be a fighter of Connor's caliber, you have to be crazy enough to believe that you're the best in the world. So I don't discount him for that. And he tries to do it under these veiled compliments of other fighters, but I, I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, I guess maybe I'm, I'm talking about that, but I'm not intending to talk about that. What mm -hmm. I'm getting at is, is that if you, if you claim to be the greatest fighter of all time, or if you just claim to be this world beater and the best ever, you know, prior to him even tweeting that, that was always his claim. If you go in there and you get the shit kicked out of you by the best of every division, you can't continue to make that argument. A bully doesn't stay a bully after he gets beat up by the kid he was picking on. Okay. You know what I mean? So if you say, oh, I'm coming for the 170 belt and Usman just murders you, why are we even talking about you at welterweight anymore? Because you'll never beat the guy that murdered you. Um, that's been the biggest argument against the Khabib rematch is that it's not going to be competitive unless he catches you or Khabib gets cocky or lazy. It's not going to be competitive. Why run that back? Yeah. It makes more sense to run Colby Usman back than it does Khabib and Connor. That fight was at least competitive. Khabib versus Connor was not competitive. It wasn't. Usman doesn't want any of that smoke, dude. I'm just going to say it right here. Colby okay. would win that rematch. He has a very good chance of winning that rematch. You're absolutely correct. He's a very good chance. To, um, to circle back real quick, though, when Connor put out that pound-for-pound pound tweet that said mm -hmm. he was the second ranked, it wasn't so much that he was the greatest fighter that had the most title defenses. Obviously, that's statistics. He, he's not that guy. But what it was was the most finishes. If you look at the decorated fighters out there like the George St. Pierre's, you look at the uh, Anderson Silva's and stuff like that, they don't have that many finishes in comparison to the, the amount that Connor's had. I'm not saying like, you know, Anderson Silva's had a much longer career, so maybe that does surpass it. But in the, if you go ratio for ratio, fights versus finishes, Connor's superseded a lot of people. And I think the real question from a pound for pound perspective is, is it based on title defenses and maintaining the top spot? Or is it being the more dominant fighter through a wide variety of divisions? It's kind of like up to interpretation to a certain point. It is to an extent, but I'm going to push back on this a little bit, okay? Um, there's no doubt that Connor is the biggest draw in the sports history, right? Like money, you can measure money. So sure, he's the biggest draw in the sports history. But, and, man, have I gotten some hate for what I'm about to say right now. If, if you look at Connor's record prior to him getting his title shot against Jose Aldo, it, like, I mean, his record itself is, is good, but his path to the title was not that hard. Um, Marcus Brimage, Diego Brandau, Max Holloway, when Max Holloway was like seven. Um, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. That was a quality win. The win over Dustin Poirier was a quality win. Um, did I say Dennis Seaver? No, but that's not worth really saying. Dennis Seaver. Roided out Seaver. <laughs> right, right. Then he... Then he he beats Chad Mendez on less than two weeks' notice. Mm -hmm. And then he beats Jose Aldo. Prior to that win right there, um, 
So Jose Aldo was a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer prior to that win by McGregor. Max Holloway is now a Hall of Famer, but he wasn't back then. So on his on his way to the featherweight title, we're talking about beating one Hall of Famer. Um, as a as a lightweight, he fought Eddie Alvarez. Now Eddie Alvarez, according to quite a few media outlets, is a top seven to top five lightweight all time. If you look at what he's done and accomplished in the sport, so that's a great win. It's a great win, um, but no other lightweight wins outside of that. Um, he got beat by Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz will become a Hall of Famer off popularity, not off skill. Um, and then he got beat by Khabib, who will be a, a Hall of Famer off of skill and popularity. And that's it, man. Now, mm. look at Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva dominated the middleweight division and beat everybody. Guys that were Hall of Famers before, after, and during. You look at GSP, Hall of Famers before, during, after. And John Jones, literally John, every, almost every person that John Jones has beaten has been a champion in either another promotion or, you know, it's unbelievable the amount of, like, the combined record, if you look at the, these guys, well, they win. I don't think Connor's even close to being a top five all time. Biggest draw? Yes. Top five pound for pound all time? It's not even close. Not even close. He doesn't belong in the same breath. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked. I think when he put out that, that Uriah Faber wasn't at least in the top two. Right, yeah. So initially <laughs> when I didn't see Uriah Faber at the top, I knew he was wrong. Yeah, same. same. I knew he was wrong. All right, so let's talk about this main event real quick. Um, Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns. Tyron Woodley sitting at a, at a minus 190. Gilbert Burns plus 150 to 160, depending on where you see. And... Listen, like I said before, this is a fight that Tyron Woodley should win. He's got all the experience. He's got all the top-level competition. He's the more natural 170-er than, um, you know, a guy like Gilbert. And he's, take it for what it's worth, he's saying that he's in a dangerous headspace and blah, blah, blah. The biggest telling thing here is this is going to be a five-round fight in a small cage against a guy that has never gone five rounds before who has a penchant for finishing fights. If Tyron Woodley wants to win this fight, he's going to have to finish it, dangerous headspace or not. And the only way Gilbert Burns is going to win this fight is through a finish. That being said, I like the under four and a half at minus 170. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in a dangerous headspace because all of you listening made fun of his rap career. How dare you? He's pissed. He's an egomaniac, and you've totally... You've just decimated what his, is his career, but he's going to show everyone again that he is a top wrestler. He's going to show everyone that, yes, Gilbert Burns has a black belt, but so do I. He's strong. He's durable. He's gone the distance, but he wants to do this in a devastating fashion. Under four and a half is the most logical thing on the planet for this fight. Yeah. Okay. So let's run that back real quick. Let's run these plays back real quick. We're, we also want to parlay uh, three of these picks together. That's going to come in at a plus 570. So... We're taking Spike Carlisle outright. Yep. We're going to take Blagoy Ivanov outright. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take Tyron Woodley Gilbert Burns at under four and a half. Yep. And then the plus 570 parlay. Is all three of those picks. Parlay and them all together. That's come back at plus 570. And then the oddball wild 
shot I threw out there was the Blagoy Ivanov Augusto Sakai as a standalone bet at under two and a half at plus one forty. Yeah. So I mean, you can get really dicey and throw that on the parlay if you want, but that's not what we're that's not what we agreed on prior to the show. <laughs> Hey, for a card that has no value really in it across the board, we just pulled out a lot of value. When yeah. you get surgical. Yeah, we do what we can. Speaking of surgical, one of the things you want to use as a precision instrument mm. when you're trimming up your boys. And when I mean boys, I'm talking about your testicles, right? It's important that you use the precision of a surgeon without the sharpness of a surgeon's tools. And if you want to do that and you want to do so and keep your skin safe and snag free, you want to use that skin safe technology that's found nowhere else on the planet earth other than the lawnmower 3.0 from manscaped.com. Trey, how can somebody short of winning one of our giveaways, um, mm. which shout out to what's his name? Dante. Dante or the almighty duck. The all. Yeah. So shout out to Dante or the Almighty Duck for winning our Manscaped Prize Pack giveaway. Um, that you know that prize pack's valued at over hundred bucks. So if you guys did not follow us on Instagram and did not take part of that, tisk tisk tisk. But have no fear, we will be doing another giveaway. So if you're not going to win a giveaway and you want to take advantage of this and get a lawnmower 3.0, Trey, what do they need to do? All you have to do is go to Manscaped and use the code PUNCH and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Utilize the code PUNCH and get 20% off and free shipping. And guys and girls, don't just buy one. Nobody wants to use the same razor on their boys as they want to do on their chin. And if you want to expand it even more and you want to come out of this quarantine looking spick and span and just the best version of yourself, today, today, Manscaped dropped the Weed Whacker. Are you breaking the news whacker? on our show right now? I'm breaking it. I'm breaking it. As of 20 minutes ago, they have dropped the Weed Whacker. What is the Weed Whacker, you say? The Weed Whacker is all things nose and ear hair. So mm. if you want to smell the roses, if you want to hear the fights to the best of your ability, the Weed Whacker is your only path to victory. And that code, again, is punch at Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping. Free sh free shipping. Absolutely free shipping. Here's the thing about that. I'll be honest with you. I need the weed whacker more than I need the lawnmower. Really? Be oh, dude, my ears are insane. As soon as I hit 30, it's like my ears grow like my beard. It's unbelievable. No way. Dude, I'm serious, man. I thought that was like I could make YouTube videos. No, no, no. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. I'm telling you right now, you know how they have like the Dr. Pimple Popper videos on oh, YouTube? Ew, ew, I could do one of those oh, with my ear hair. It's unbelievable. Shit. My God. Yeah. Well, my headphones don't even stay in good because there's so much. I can't. That's <laughs> why I got to get the over the ear things. And sometimes I feel like there's a spider in there, but it's not a spider. It's just a long hair that I missed. It's chaos, man. I'm so excited for the weed whacker. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 